Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this gift, this gift of worship, this gift of coming together and listening to you and learning from you. Sometimes it's not always natural what we hear, that we accept what you hear. Lord, and today as we reflect on and meditate and, and look at the Ten Commandments, help us to see them from your perspective. Help, help us to see what you want us to do with them and how we use them in our lives. And loving Father, pour down your spirit on, upon each person here. Give them a sense of your grace and your love. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Over the next few weeks, we're continuing this sermon series, this worship series called Faith Foundations. And what the idea of it is to just to look at the basics of faith. And we started off with looking at uh, what is the ultimate foundation of faith being God's love. Our faith totally depends on God's love for us. Without God's love, we wouldn't have a future. We wouldn't exist. And then comes along these things, the Ten Commandments where we're looking at God's values. And the idea of this today's message is to explore how does the Ten Commandments fit into our lives as Christians? What does it mean for us? Why do we have them? How do they help us? But also, what not to use them for? Um, and so I have a question for you to think about. How do you view them? Do you view them as a burden? You know, as, a, oh, no, God's a party pooper. It's not helpful, this is not, these are not fair, I wish I didn't have to have the Ten Commandments and all I do is make me feel guilty. Or do you view them as a gift, a guide for life? I'd like you to think about that and be honest with yourself. You don't have to share with a person next to you, but just think about that. Do I view them as a burden or as a gift? Well, I can say sometimes, I view, I view some laws, some rules as a burden. You know? Particularly if I want to get somewhere fast and they decide to have a 40-kilometre zone. And I'm going, oh. Or particularly if I need to drop something off in an area and it's no parking all around there. I see those rules as a burden. But those rules are also as a gift. And the thing to keep in mind for us is the opening commandment. God gives us the opening commandment. In the opening commandment, he says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt... Out of the land of slavery. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And so when God was giving these commandments, he reminded the people, these commandments, these, these ten commandments are a gift. And they're a gift from somebody who loves you. He's giving you the commandments because he loves you. And, so, and that's true for us. We have these commandments because God loves you. And so I'd encourage you to think about how they are a gift to us and how we are blessed through them. In fact, the Ten Commandments reveal to us what is important from God's perspective, what God values. I'd like you to think about your own life at the moment. What are the things that are important for you? And what are the things that you value? Um, and often what we value, we have little rules about. We, we say, all right, I value education, therefore I'm going to school, I'm going to study, I'm going to send my kids to school. All right, we're going to turn off the TV, we're not just going to mess around. But I encourage you to have a look at them, the Ten Commandments, as the things that God values. And the reality is, God values a life of love. A life of love with God and a life of love with others. He wants us to have this life of love. Our reading, our Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 22, and you'll find a similar reading in the other Gospels, says this to us. Um, 
what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with, and with all your life, in other words. And the second greatest commandment, the second commandment is to love your neighbour as you love yourself. And so when we look at the Ten Commandments, an important thing is to keep in mind is God is a God of love who loves us and he's given us these commandments as a gift to help us in our relationship with him so that we know what it means to be loved but we also know how to respond to his love. The commandments traditionally have been broken into two sections. they call often called two tables. They're different, different traditions have different numbering system and that's a lot to do with the tradition. None of the commandments are left out in the different numbering systems, but they are, there is some difference. So if you've come from a different tradition, I don't want you to get confused too much and too worried. But there, keep in mind there is two sections. The first three, sec, three commandments in the, in the Lutheran tradition is, our, is a really about our emphasis of our focus on our relationship with God, to help us in our relationship with God. And those commandments include worship him alone. Don't have any other gods. Have him as the primary focus in our life, the number one priority. Our biggest challenge in life, there's a lot of good things in life. Our biggest challenge is we can turn those things easily into other gods. We can turn money, we can turn education, we can turn a career, we can turn our house, a property. We can turn, some blokes will turn their cars into a god. They're good things. They're not things that God doesn't want us to have, but when we live our life focused, what are we focused on? What is the most important for us? And God says, make me the most important, and then everything else will flow from that. And so the first commandment is that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. You shall have no other gods. And then it goes on to say, the next two is say, respect and use his name properly. And also, spend time with him and with others that worship him. The interesting thing is, as often we hear about the Sabbath, is to have a day of rest. And in the Western world, we're not too good at a day of rest. Now, there's some people I meet who said they've been working seven days a week, whether in paid or unpaid, and they haven't had any rest. And some blokes, some, some of us blokes, like to boast about how hard we work, right, and how little rest we have. But the reality is God encourages us to have rest. Now, here's the thing to keep in mind. When God encourages us to have rest, to have Sabbath, it's not about go sit back and do nothing. It's about spend time with him so our relationship with him can develop. I don't know if you realise this, but you know about the plagues with Pharaoh and Moses and the plagues that happened. Before they happened... Moses didn't go to Pharaoh and say, let the people, let the Israelites be released and let them, you'll lose all your slaves. He went to Pharaoh and said, look, how about giving us a day off so we can go up and worship God, have a day of rest with God. And that's what God calls each of us to do, is have a day of rest with him. It shouldn't be an onerous and a burdensome thing, but it should be something that helps us grow, grow in our relationship with him and help us grow in our relationship with others. And so that's the first section of the commandments. So one, two, and three help us in that understand how to have a, a good relationship with God. The next seven for us, I talk about, focus on our relationship with others. They focus on our relationship with others. And they say we should honour and respect authority. 
They say we should value all human life. They say we practice sexual purity and boundaries. They talk about us protecting other people's property. They talk about us protecting people's reputation. And they also say live contented lives. And so all that is about us having a good relationship with other people. But here's the little catch. When we go against the commandments against other people, so if we hurt somebody or not help them, we're not just sinning against that person, we're also sinning against God. Because if you recall this, these commandments actually help us, help us have a good relationship with God by caring for his creation. Remember, every person is part of God's creation, something that God values. And the, the remarkable thing is God's called me and you to live a life of caring for his creation. And the best way we can do that is help them know about Jesus. But we also need to help care for them physically and spiritually in other ways. And the Ten Commandments actually guide us and help us in that way. So, but it's important though for us to understand something, understand where the commandments are placed and how to use them properly. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 says, We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. Throughout history, there have been stories of rulers who have had laws and have not used them properly. They've used them to oppress people, to stop people having life. They've misused those laws. And we too, as Christians, can misuse the Ten Commandments if we're not careful. We can actually use them in a way that's not effective and a way that actually causes more hurt than good. And so what are these things that help us use the Ten Commandments properly and well? The first thing is to, is a, a not to, is to remember this. Relying on your obedience to the commandments will never give us eternal life. Relying on your obedience to the Ten Commandments will never give us eternal life. And that's an important thing for us to keep in mind. There are many people who think Christianity is simply about obeying the Ten Commandments so you can have a better life. Many other religions operate that way. Obey these rules and your life will be better. On our notice board, there's a, at the front, there's a little statement about from um, Bono from U2, and he makes this comment. He said, I cannot believe in karma. And see, karma is about relying on what you do, all the good you do, so you can get a better life. He goes, I cannot believe in karma because I have done so many stupid things in my life. I need to rely on God's grace for me to have an eternal life, for me to have a relationship with God. In Romans chapter 3, verse 22 to 24, we hear, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and for all fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. And that's the important part of it. If we got to heaven, if you got to heaven and you went, I've got my list of how well I've kept the Ten Commandments. And you went up to God and you said, God, I deserve to be in heaven because I've done all this good stuff. There's two things I reckon God's going to say to you. The first is probably going to laugh and say, what about all this other stuff over here that you haven't mentioned? And the second, he's probably going to cry. And say, so you don't think that it was worth my effort in sending Jesus to, to earth? for him to die on the cross for you, to pay the price for your sins. 
the reason we can be sure that the Ten Commandments will not help us guarantee or secure our eternal life is because of the message of Jesus. The reason Jesus came into this world is because as humans we couldn't meet them perfectly. As Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 says, clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. Our call as Christians is to live by faith. And that means not relying on these Ten Commandments, God's values, to gain us eternal life. So where do they fall? What do they, how do they work? Well, a second thing to keep in mind is, when you look at the commandments, look at what they're saying not to do and look at what they're saying to do. Um, in your handouts that I've given out, there's uh, Luther's explanation to the commandments. What Martin Luther did was he dived deeper into scriptures and he says, what else does the Bible say about these commandments? And in many of those commandments, they'll say, don't do this. So um, one of the things that I always remember is that as a child, I think it was about the eighth commandment, which says, do not bear false witness against your neighbour um, or do not tell lies about your neighbour is in a modern translation. So you think, oh, I can't tell lies, I can't can't go say the wrong thing about people, I can't spread rumours. But it, Luther goes on to say, it says, speak well of them and explain their actions in the kindest possible way. That is a challenge. right? When you see somebody do something you don't like, what's your immediate reaction? What's their hidden agenda? Why have they done that? Ah, oh, they should be condemned. But God encourages us not to judge too quickly, to speak well of things. So each of the commandments um, have this don't do something, but there's also a lot, our call is also to be proactive. Go and do something, go and be active in each of the commandments. And I encourage you to read through um, those commandments as part of your devotion this week and think about what is God calling me to do, not just what God is calling me not to do. The third thing that's a healthy way um, and to use the commandments well, is to see them as a curb or a fence. Whenever I go from here to Narrowena, I always just about have to go down Sir John Young dr- Drive, you know, onto the, um, towards the tunnel. And one of the things that's a little bit unique for me in Sydney, I hadn't experienced it much, was these little curbs that are on the road to stop me swaying over and hitting another car or trying to t- overtake someone who's too slow. A curb is a good thing. It helps us in our relationship with God. Now, could you imagine, you know, these commandments are given in the context of heaps of people, hundreds of thousands of people have left Egypt and they're going to the promised land and they're trying to get along together. Could you imagine, without any rules, what was happening? How did they know how to love? How did they know how to get along together? How did they know what to do? Well, God gave them the commandments so they can be community, so they can actually know how to get along together. The commandments actually help us live together morally with each other and live safely with each other. And so one way to look at the commandments is to see them as a curb or a fence. They keep us within a particular region or a particular area, a safe zone. Another way to look at the commandments is to use them as a mirror. This bloke's looking pretty good in the morning compared to how I look some mornings, but when I wake up in the morning, when I look in the mirror, I can actually see I'm not looking too good. 
Or even better still, if I've eaten a meal, a big meal, and I go to the mirror at a restaurant, often there's a bit of food down here that I don't see. Right? One of the things the commandments will help us with is actually help us see who we are, really who we are, when we look at God's standards. A good devotional tool was to read through the commandments and ask the question is, what is these commandments revealing to us about myself, particularly where I'm not living up to God's standards? So a good way, another good way to use the commandments is to use them as a mirror, is to, to look at them, let them reflect in your life and say, this is who I am in relationship with God. Now, if you just stop there, you have a major problem. And I'll talk about what to do in a few moments. Because if you just stop there, you're likely to go, oh, I'm feeling bad, I feel terrible, God hates me. But that's not, that's not what God wants to do. The fifth way is also to use these commandments, and this is important for us as Christians, as a guide, as a signpost, how to respond to God's love and how to reveal his love to others. As disciples of Jesus Christ, as people who follow Jesus, we have a command not just to come before Jesus and listen to God, but to actually go and share his love. God gives us this benefit and privilege. There is a considerable number of passages in the New Testament, like we had from our reading in Romans, which call us to live a life of love. But here's our problem. Love means different things to different people. Have you ever had the comment someone say to you, you don't love me, or you're not showing love to me. I've had it in my life. My kids have said it. I've said it to my parents. And often it's been because I haven't got something that I wanted. And so the commandments actually give us a framework of what God's love looks like, of how to love God's way. And so I'd encourage you to think about using those commandments, using each of the commandments as a, as a framework, as a guideline to how to love in a way that's pleasing to God. And connected to this is with the commandments is use the commandments with an attitude to serve. One of the problems for the Pharisees was that they would use the commandments as an attitude to show how good they are. They would say, look at me, look, I've, I've done all this. Or even worse, they'd go, Carl, here's five commandments you haven't lived up to. You are nowhere near as good as me. That's not consistent with how God calls us to live. God calls us to live you know, at a, a life of service. In Galatians 5, verses 13 to 14 again, we hear, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. And so my encouragement for you is to have a look at these commandments, to grab hold of them. Not to see them as a burden, but to see them as a gift from God who loves you. But in doing so, in grabbing hold of them, use them in a way that is loving with others. Helping people to know God's love. And so may you continue to grow in a life, living a life of loving what God loves and hating what God hates. Because as we do, we'll continue to get closer to God in, our, in understanding what God's about. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for the love you have for us. Continue to pour down your Holy Spirit on us and help us to know your love and your grace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.